This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we recap the busiest weekend for Bates sports in quite some time. Our Bobcats of the week come from women's lacrosse and men's track and field. Plus, we talk with student athletes from our tennis, golf, rowing, and women's track and field programs. That's coming up on the Bates Bobcast. Lacrosse teams dropped a pair of games to NESCAC Power Tufts on Saturday, and then the women's team had to play the very next day against Connecticut College. On senior day, the Bobcats emerged victorious by a final score of 14-3. After scoring a goal and dishing out an assist against the number three nationally ranked Jumbos, senior captain Catherine Grennan followed that up with a career-high five points, scoring four goals and recording one assist as well against the Camels. And she is our female Bobcat of the week. Yeah, so I was at the College of William and Mary in Virginia my freshman year, um, and I decided that I wanted to do the D3 NASCAC experience, just have a much more well-rounded lifestyle. So um, transferring to Bates was kind of a no-brainer. I had known Brett um, before, uh, as I'm from Maine. And yeah, so I didn't play freshman year. Sophomore year was awesome. It was really exciting to be able to start playing. But of course, last year, was abbreviated. So when the NESCAC uh, decided to have a season this year, I was really relieved just having another opportunity. I feel like I had so much more to give and so still loved lacrosse so much. So I was really excited that we had that. But yeah, obviously the the pause uh, during our season so far this year was another kind of obstacle in it, but it was it's been really awesome. And it was obviously a great weekend. Yeah, how has the team kind of approached things uh, during this spring? I mean, what's what have you been talking with the team about? You're one of the leaders, you're one of the captains. Uh, what's that process been like with, with your teammates? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that we've realized is we have a lot of talent on our team and we have a really deep team this year. Um, so just having the opportunity to get to know each other, I think there's a lot of people that I haven't played with before because the sophomores are basically still like first years. Um, so it took a little bit of just getting used to each other, getting used to playing with each other once we started having the full contact opportunities. And um, right now it's just kind of like make every day fun because we don't know if we're going to go and pause again or, or when, if we would have other games. So yeah, it's really just been kind of like a love to play mindset and treat every practice like, like the one, like it could be your last, I guess. And then you had sort of a senior day, right, on Sunday, a, a win over Connecticut College. What was the day like from your perspective? It was definitely an emotional day. I think everyone tries to imagine what a senior day would feel like. Um, but until you're actually in your own shoes there, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, I felt really confident going into the game. I thought being able to play on Garcelon, um, it's just been so long, especially being able to play in front of fans. Um, I think everyone was super excited. Um, the underclassmen uh, all set up like a really nice ceremony for us. Um, so everyone before the game was just really excited. I kind of knew the energy after that um, was going to go right into the game, which it definitely did. Yeah, I mean, that was your first game at Garcelon since the, uh, I guess, infamous Southern Maine game, which was the last game any Bates team played here at home. I mean, yeah, remember that game? And because I think we had a sense at the time it might be it, but no one really knew, right? 
Yeah, that was just at the time where the world started becoming crazy. And, and I think everyone was just confused what was happening. So I was really glad we were able to get that game in so we could do um, kind of a makeshift uh, senior day for the seniors last year. But yeah, that was that feels like ages ago. Um, so it was, it was obviously really exciting to play a NESCAC opponent this weekend or two, actually. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, right. You had, you know, a tough game there at division champion, eventually Tufts, and then coming right back the next day to play con college. What was kind of mindset after, you know, taking off such a tough opponent the previous day, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we actually have never played back-to-back games um, or at least since I've been at Bates. Um, So that's definitely a a big, um, big thing to adjust to, but Brett was really clear before the Tufts game, uh, this weekend was a whole experience. It wasn't just one game or the other. Um, so really trying to make sure that we just took on the weekend kind of with the right mentality. And obviously our, our loss against Tufts was uh, a big loss, but at the same time, we had opportunities to just get used to playing with each other, especially against a really good opponent. And I think um, everyone felt pretty confident going into the game against Khan, knowing that we had kind of built some momentum and, and confidence uh, in the game prior. And we're pretty sure you're going to be playing this Friday, right? Under the lights against Colby. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. So we did a senior day yesterday, but I believe we, it, it hasn't been officially announced with what time, but um, we are playing against Colby on Friday night, which hopefully will just be an awesome um, rematch. I definitely think we had so much more to to give than we did in the first game against Colby. So I'm really excited for that rematch. Yeah, rematch. So what do you learn? What do you learn about your opponent the first time around sort of that you're going to take into this game? Yeah, I think Colby has a really talented team. I think they're really fast. They're in great shape. And at the same time, though, I think we were really just working out the kinks on our team. I think a lot of our mistakes were just silly mistakes that comes with not playing for a while and And obviously we only had four days to practice beforehand. So I think ultimately uh, just knowing that we have a much better matchup than we showed in the first game, I think is the biggest thing to take away um, and just kind of worry about our game. And I was curious, you touched on this on the um, National Girls and Women in Sports Day panel, but, you know, lacrosse as a sport in general for you, what has it meant for you? How has it kind of enhanced your experience as, as a student here at Bates and then previously in high school as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think lacrosse, I mean, from the day I started playing when I was in third grade, I knew that it just felt fun. It's exciting. I going into the game yesterday was just thinking like, I just have always loved playing. I've loved the teammates that I've met. I've loved the friends that I've made. I love the opportunities that I've had through playing lacrosse. So it's meant a lot. I'm obviously really sad to see that my career is really close to being over, but I think there's so many things that I've gotten out of playing lacrosse that um, in terms of just building who I am as a person and, and who I am in like a teamwork environment. I think, I think there's, I've learned so much from the sport, um, much more than just like the actual game itself. And tell us a little bit about what you're studying here at Bates and what your plans are after graduation, if, if any so far, I guess. Yeah, so I'm an economics major, um, and I will be working at Brown Brothers Harriman in Boston, which is a bank. Okay, nice, nice. So what have been some, like, big classes, uh, important classes you've taken at Bates that really stuck out to you, you think? The classes in the econ major, especially the kind of core classes, are really difficult. And I think, if anything, um, it's taught me how to be gritty, how to plan ahead, and uh, be a hard worker. And I think that was the biggest thing. I think it's very easy 
um, to kind of coast through school sometimes. And, and the econ major for sure has really taught me how to just um, really prepare and, and give the best you can every, every time. And time management also, obviously, everyone talks about that. You do have to commit a lot of time to the sport, maybe not as much as you would have had at D1, right? But still, yeah. there's a time management factor, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. I think time management is is a really important skill set, and I think any athlete um, has that uh, skill after college. Some learn it a little bit easier than others, but um, definitely, I think being able to balance um, sports and school and, and maybe a job outside of school, I think is super important. I think that's definitely a life skill that I've learned. Excellent. Well, any other thoughts you want to share about the past weekend and what you're maybe most looking forward to about this upcoming uh, night on Garcelon there against Colby? Yeah, I think, um, well, two things. I would say uh, I'm really proud of our team on against Con. I thought it was such a team win. And I think it was a true testament to the team, how much they put together beforehand and how much they celebrated us. Um, it was just a really, it felt like a really normal day. Um, but I also think having the fans there, it was such a fun day. It felt really, it felt like really like a normal day. Um, and I think all the camaraderie of the fans being at the game, regardless of our parents necessarily being there, just having all of our friends there to support us um, was awesome. And and hopefully having that home field advantage um, on Friday will, will put us over the edge. Cause I know that Garcelon with fans under the lights has probably got to be the best setup in the NESCAC. And of course, for clarification, folks, fans mean students who are currently in the Bates testing protocol. We yes. can't have anyone from outside, unfortunately. Yeah, no one from outside, but yes, all of our friends who came to support, it was awesome. Yeah, what is that? I mean, that the student support obviously does mean a lot to all the student athletes, I imagine. What does it mean to you? Yeah, I mean, um, afterwards, all of our friends had made posters and they were there cheering us on the whole time. I think it just helps so much with camaraderie within the school. Like, I think it's awesome that people are able to come to the games and know each other really well. And I think that comes from a small school, like all the fans in the stands, I knew who they were and they were all there to support us. So I just think it's really awesome. And it's, um, it's definitely like a Bobcat supporting Bobcat environment at Bates. The track and field teams competed against Bowden and Colby in the first outdoor meet for the Bobcats in two years. The runners competed at Bates while the field events took place at Bowden. Per usual, the Bates throwers were on top of their games. On the men's side, sophomore Liam Byrne took first place out of nine competitors in both the shot put and discus throw. He placed second in the hammer throw to teammate and All-American John Rex and the javelin to teammate and 2019 NASCAC champion Zach Smith. Pretty good for his first collegiate outdoor meet. And Liam Byrne is our male Bobcat of the week. Liam, first of all, tell me how you first got into the throws kind of in general growing up. Obviously, it's uh, somewhat of a specialty. We have different events within the throws, but how did you first get into it? I was always one of the bigger members of my class. So middle school, when we'd have our little field day, I'd get picked for a shot put in discus. And then baseball and basketball didn't pan out at the high school level so I decided to do track sophomore year just rolled with it from there and what events did you initially take up because you were doing a number of events there at Bowdoin right so for high school in Connecticut at least it's shot put and indoor and then shot put discus and javelin and outdoor so I did those three in high school and then started hammer when I got to Bates oh interesting so tell me about the process of learning hammer throw um, here at Bates um, well, I was I was lucky since uh, Johnny Rex was on the team as well, and he's quite well versed in the hammer. So I 
as soon as I got here in the fall freshman year, he started working with me in the off season before practice. And then when I got to fresh in the actual season, we worked through the weight throw and indoor, which has pretty much the same footwork. So it was a fairly smooth progression. Well, tell me a little bit about how you first uh, got interested in Bates. I mean, when you were in high school looking at colleges. I was interested in a small school, preferably in the Northeast. I don't deal with hot weather well, so I needed a colder climate. But then when I came to tour, I, I toured through Bates, Bowden, Colby, all of them. I met with Fresh and Johnny happened to be walking into Merrill. So I was able to talk to Johnny for a bit, talk to Fresh, get an idea of the program. And I just, I like the feel of the campus significantly more than the other schools I looked at. Yeah. And you touched on this. Um, one of the traditions with the throwers here at Bates is kind of passing along that tradition, um, you know, learning from each other. How have you learned from John? Cause John obviously now is senior, you're a sophomore, but how's that relationship developed in terms of kind of learning from him and some other upperclassmen as well, perhaps. It was, it was interesting. Cause right at the start of the fall, he talked to me right away. First day said, he just showed me where all the facilities are. Here's where all the equipment is. This were the throwing shed, all the discs and stuff are in there. You can go throw whenever. And then he would he would text me when he would go to throw. I'd go to meet him there in the offseason. We, we'd work through that. And then he got me started lifting, gave me the lifting program that the throwers have been passing down. And we under, he took me under his wing for pretty hard for the fall semester to get me into the groove of training and working hard for this. And then when we got introduced to the full team, I started throwing javelin a bit with Smitty and then worked with Jevy in the shot as well, just to work through all of that. Just, it was more of a get in and get started quick. Don't wait for the season to start. Right. Well, speaking of that last year, how was the indoor season? We didn't have an outdoor season, but how was the indoor season for you as a, as a, as a first year? It, it was interesting to be part of the, for when you move to college, the shot put gets heavier, the weights introduced and indoor is not as much my thing. My top events are the three outdoor events. So it was a bit of a slow start, but it was getting the vibe through the state meet at Bowdoin was really fun. We ended up tying, came down to the last event, the energy levels. It was, it was nice to recognize kind of the vibe of the team through that, get to know some of the other guys, watch some of the running events. It's a big change from high school track. This was your first outdoor meet. You know, as a sophomore, there was no outdoor season last year. So what was it like to get out there and compete in, in the nice day we had there on Saturday? I think it, it definitely helped me. The, the extra energy, kind of the, the anxiousness leading up to it. I was lucky enough that since I don't have any outdoor marks, I got to go first in shot put and get the whole season rolling for that. And the, the extra energy there definitely helped the throws pop out a bit further. And you got first place in the shot put as well as the discus. So what was, uh, I mean, and second in the hammer there and the javelin. So four, four events. I mean, that's a lot for one day. How do you kind of approach things? Um, just try to, I try to limit the amount of warm up throws I take, especially with the smaller meets, everyone makes finals. So you're going to get six throws so I can just do my standing throw, maybe a half turn for warmups, just some of the little drills maybe one full and then use the first two throws of actual competition to really get into the flow of everything, then go after it later while still conserving some energy. Great. This might be a tough question. I don't know, but what is your favorite event and why? Discus. Discus. Oh, that's easy. Okay. <laughs> easy favorite. It's been my favorite 
ever since I started. I, I, just, I like the rhythm of it. Now it's, it's less of a strength and power event, more of a flow event. We have to just make sure you're nice and smooth into it. And this making the release stable is very key. You can't, you can't really crush it without having a precise release. How much film study you've been doing with coach fresh. Cause I know he's, he's into the film study during practices. He'll film everything and we'll review them right after to figure out what's what specific aspect to work on, on the next throw. It's usually the same, make your foot turn in the middle more, but then he posts everything onto China so we can look at it later and then compare. He has videos from Pless and Enos and Murtag and all of the guys going back for the past decade plus that he has us compare with to look at positions and all that. It's a fairly big aspect. Have you got a chance to chat with any of those uh, Bates throwing legends who are now alumni? Um, we had a couple of Zoom meetings over the summer just to check in and uh, David Pless stopped in on the shop at one, which was cool. Um, Rich McNeil was there for discus, uh, D-Ray stopped in, I think also on the discus one. And then a couple of the guys that graduated the year before me showed up to the first indoor meet my freshman year. So I met some of the other throwers there too. Nice. What's been some of the messages you've heard from them about the tradition? It's more message of pressure where you have to, <laughs> like, I think there, there's a streak of, yeah. Bates, the Bates men's throwers sending one athlete at least to nationals every year since 2005. So you have, there's, once Johnny graduates, there's a bit more pressure on the rest of us here. So we don't, no one wants to be the one to break that streak. Right, right, exactly. So I have to ask, what was it like throwing with a mask on or what has it been like throwing with a mask on? Because I imagine that changes a little bit. For, for the throws, it's not as much of a big deal. I know for the distance guys, it's awful. There's, <laughs> there's just no way around that. If you're running a anything over a 200 yeah it's brutal but for me the it's more it's a quick exertion it's not as much of an endurance thing so i'm taking one maybe two breaths through the event so it's not really an issue for me at least well any other thoughts you want to share about the meet and some maybe observations you had that we haven't got to talk about it was really fun to be at the meet i know for the biggest difference between high school and college besides the implement weight is that most of the throwing events are closer to the track. So we actually get to watch some of the other events and it was fun to watch like some of the guys running the hurdles, Charlie pole vaulting, some of the multis getting their work in the distance guys. It was just, it was fun to be like around the whole meet it helps keep the energy up. Great. I actually wanted to ask you about javelin also, because I feel like javelin is, very different from the other events. I mean, what are your thoughts on the javelin compared to maybe the other events you, you do? It's completely different technique wise. Yeah. But there are some, there's definitely some things that cross over with your back legs got to be turning, then extending before you make your move. The power still comes from the legs through the hips. So it's, a lot of it's applicable, but it's, it's not a rotational event. It's a linear event. So it trains different muscle groups. And it's, it's a nice break. It's a way to be able to step out of the one thought process, refocus on something else, clear everything out. And I've always, I've enjoyed watching Javelin at the Olympics and like world championships and all that for several years. So it's fun to try it myself. Excellent. I believe we have some field events at Bates this weekend, right? How excited are you to uh, compete on your uh, home, home turf there? It, it's going to be really fun. We've got, we've been putting a lot of practice in working on the, just getting through the facilities, the uh, the cage, some of the dented 
beaten up hammer dents got replaced. So everything's looking fresh and new. They repainted the sector lines. It's gonna be fun to not have a bus ride as well. On the women's side, senior thrower Genesis Paulino stood out for the Bobcats. She defeated three competitors in the discus throw, placed second in the hammer and fourth in the shot put. Genesis, first of all, you know, you're a senior now, but take me back when you were in high school, when you're looking at colleges, what made Bates the place for you? Definitely the throwing program, um, as well with the community. I remember the moment that I came onto campus, it was uh, one of the revisits kind of days, a part of a program called Prologue. And I really fell in love with the community here. And then the moment that I was able to get a sneak peek as well in the, of the Thorn program on track and field, I really just clicked. <laughs> well, tell me more about how you first got involved throwing when you were growing up. Yeah, well, so I first started throwing uh, during high school. My uh, throwing coach my freshman year told me, oh, have you ever thought of um, throwing? And I was like, nope, because I just started off the sport for fun at first. And then when I actually started getting good at it was when, okay, it act was actual um, consistent sport for me. So I definitely continued it throughout my years at, Berks at Berkshire School. And um, yep, and then I ended up kind of just, of course, doing it now. <laughs> What made it something you really developed a passion for? What makes it something that you really love? I think the community that I kind of create with the throwing team, to be honest, along with like, of course, you know, progressing and seeing um, year to year the way that I have kind of uh, progressed and it has just turned to be something that I um, like to do on top of everything else. <laughs> and what have you learned about, you know, throwing since you arrived at Bates? I mean, I know Coach Fresh is a big time uh, throws coach for the Bobcats. What's been the experience like learning not only from maybe him and, and, and your peers as well, perhaps, right? I think definitely probably one of the biggest things is uh, persistency and the way of, you know, um, Coach Fresh always kind of tells us in a way of practice, 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 and just kind of resilience as well, um, pushing through um, any kind of obstacles in a way that there are some days that of course it's not always the best throwing day but you still push through it and show up to practice um again on Monday and keep um working on it for the next weekend for the next meet great tell me about the meet this past weekend it was um for the field events it was at Bowdoin so take me through uh finally getting outdoors again in competition right after a couple of years <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely felt that way, especially as well. Um, the moment when I got onto the track at Bowdoin and it felt very weird with the masks and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it definitely took a moment to get used to even getting into the circle again um, <laughs> for during. So once I was able to just um, kind of throw away the nerves in a sense um, and get back into what it actually felt like um, throwing back again, uh, felt great. And the weather was great as well, which helped, which was nice. Yeah, it was a beautiful day for sure. Um, I know you won the discus there. Uh, is that your favorite event or what's your favorite event? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because people always ask me this sometimes and I say it definitely varies as to which one I um, <laughs> feel best. Uh, every meet, but definitely for sure, I feel 
um, a very big kind of connection with discus. So discus is definitely one of um, my top up there that I um, definitely much more love now than had in high school, love and hate relationship with it, but <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, I mean, I, we had Liam Byrne on also this this week and he mentioned that the discus is his favorite as well, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely discus is one of the things when, um, when you get all of the moves um, and everything, it definitely is like, uh, music that plays in your body in a way once you're in the um, circle and you throw and do the kind of dance sometimes people say. <laughs> we had Katie Hughes on um, when she was at Bates and she always mentioned uh, you as someone to watch. She really enjoyed uh, seeing your development. Describe that relationship, you know, maybe with, with Katie and the other throwers here, perhaps how it works. So definitely it's much different now because of um, the separation due to COVID, like the girls um, track and field team practice together and then the boys track and field team track um, practice together. But definitely when we were able to all practice together, that was definitely like um, such a kind of family bond, like especially Katie Hughes, definitely was a big mentor throughout the entire time. Um, I was kind of throwing here as well with like Johnny as well. Um, that of course, like, you know, now that we are seniors, um, but we've always, once we were kind of throwing together, um, stuff, it's always been a family kind of bond along with like the rest um, of the boys as well on the um, track team and Elia as well as one of our javelin throws. Like once we were able to um, actually have practice together and stuff, um, it was always like a kind of um, family relationship and bonds on it. And I know there's at least uh, one first year thrower, right? On, on the women's track and field team this year. So uh, tell us about her and what you've seen from her. Yeah, Alma, Alma's been awesome. Uh, she's been great. So I'm glad that she's able to, she was able to join us now after um, being with the volleyball team for a bit. Yeah, she's been progressing and kind of just spending time with her every practice has been great. And we've been um, creating kind of already that family kind of bond in a sense with each other because, you know, there's only two of us, but we do the most that we, with what we have and um, been kind of awesome so far. <laughs> Terrific. So this week, and I believe the field events now come to Bates, right? Is that, yep. Yeah. So how, how much are you looking forward to competing on your, your, your home, uh, your home throwing circle, if you will, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, I'm excited. I'm actually very excited. Can't wait to, I'm kind of see what it is for us to have a meet back at home again. And uh, any adjustments you're making from last weekend? I mean, you're back in the competition swing of things now, right? Yeah, back um now kind of just back into the swing of things in a sense. Um just been practicing and um just looking forward to see as to what one can better work on for the next meet. Terrific. So academically, you're a senior. What have you been studying at Bates? What are maybe some impactful classes you've had here? Yeah, I am a sociology major. I finished my thesis last semester, so that was great. Um and probably one of the biggest impactful classes I have had. Um, at Bates, I would say we're definitely a part of the sociology department right from the top of my head at this moment are able to kind of, I guess, just think of some, but definitely um, have been a part of like the journey and impactful kind of journey at Bates. Um, my sociology classes, along with like some of the uh, GSS classes as well that I've taken. In terms of post-college plans, anything on the radar for you? 
I'm actually going to be a teacher at the Uncommon Charter Schools in Boston. Um, I'll be an eighth grade teacher and um, yeah, look forward to that starting around kind of August. Well, so have you got any practice in terms of classroom setting during your time here in terms of teaching, obviously as a student, but. <laughs> yeah, so because I'm actually a bonders leader, um, I've actually have been able to create um, a bond kind of relationship with some of the Lewiston public schools. So I've been able to, um, kind of be in a sense like teacher, um, teacher's aid in a sense um, during throughout the year kind of tutoring as well. So that's been nice. So what's your favorite part about teaching? Um, teaching, definitely I'd say uh, the kind of impact and influence that um, one has as a teacher on students, especially being that um, education is one of the biggest parts of change. So especially um, towards our youth, like that's, definitely around the time um, to kind of create that kind of impact on um, youth through education. Terrific. And then in terms of throwing, after you graduate Bay, are you planning to still do some throwing on the side or anything like that? Or what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually an awesome question. I actually have no idea what track is all look like. Um, kind of after baits. I'm not thinking about anything specifically in concerts to throwing, but um, yeah, we shall see. <laughs> Great. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share about um, this past weekend and the team finally kind of being back together again, competing that we haven't gotten to talk about or anything? Um, not much other than in a sense of I'm glad that we were able to have the opportunity and chance for us to be a um, team and compete. I think um, especially just talking um, to the ladies, we've have just been very kind of grateful in a sense of just happy to compete. Awesome. Well, Genesis Paulino, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you. The tennis teams took on Tufts and Connecticut College over the weekend. While both fell to the Jumbos, the men and women bounced back Sunday on the road with each team sweeping the Camels. On the men's side, the doubles team of Alex Kennedy and Alex Gujarati teamed up to win eight to six at number three doubles over their opponents from Tufts. Then they moved up to number two doubles and won eight to six on Sunday as well against the Camels. Alex Kennedy is a senior captain. We'll start with you. What's it like uh, working with the first year in doubles? How's that gone so far? It's been a lot of fun. We uh, actually hadn't practiced as a doubles team up until after our uh, in-room quarantine. So we only had three days before uh, our first match against Trinity. So we had some, you know, growing pains, but it's been a pretty seamless transition overall. He and I both have solid serves. So it's, you know, that's super helpful just knowing that we can sort of clinch those two out of the four games and then just mainly focus on the return game. Terrific. Alex, Gujarati, uh, how's it gone for you from your perspective? It's gone well. Like Alex said, um, at first it was a little intimidating. Like, hey, I'm a first year. I'm going to be playing with the team captain. But I like um, like Kenny said, we only had a couple of days to practice, but, you know, we've made it work and we've really grown. And, you know, overall as a doubles team, I've been really happy and we've been playing really, really well as seen from our 2-0 victory. Yeah, certainly. Well, tell me a little bit about what you've learned from senior captain Alex Kennedy here. One thing that's really nice about being with the senior is that he has a lot of experience with competing, um, with playing other schools, et cetera. So at least for me, it's been really nice to sort of get a perspective on what it's like to normally compete, you know, what it's like competing now. And sort of also just um, how to feel during the match, how to feel after the match. And sort of just, it's really nice to just have someone to communicate with that has a lot of experience. And then Alex Kennedy, I'm curious about in terms of 
you know, as a senior captain, what, what have you been doing in terms of working with Owen? And I know he's injured right now, but in terms of leadership for um, this team, because there's there's some young guys, the sophomores even haven't gotten to play that much, right? Because of last year. So there's a lot of guys who haven't played a whole lot, right? Yeah. So what what's a little bit wild is um, going into this year, Owen and I only ones with any NESCAC match play experience. So um, we've sort of tried to instill this positive energy uh, supporting the, like our teammates throughout the match, a bunch of, you know, hyping each other up, sort of just trying to make the seam uh, like transition as seamless as possible and sort of showing them from day one how it's supposed to go and, you know, emulating that. And it's been uh, successful overall. Um, obviously, there are still areas uh, we can always improve from, but I'm really proud of how the freshmen and sophomores have been competing. Yeah, and Alex uh, Gutierrez, let's, let's talk about, you know, you know, as a first year, your adjustment to college tennis. What's that been like? What's the big differences from high school, perhaps? Well, first off, it's been amazing. I think the big thing that's different for me, at least because I actually didn't play high school tennis. I only played USTA tennis, which is just individual. So mm-hmm. the big thing for me is just being part of a team is amazing and having these guys who, you know, who will fight for you, but also support you when they're playing and when they're not playing has been huge. I mean, the amount of intensity and just the amount of adrenaline that you get when you're playing with the team and supporting both the men's and the women's team has just been amazing. And obviously there on Saturday, Tufts, uh, obviously a tough opponent every year. The Bobcats have some pretty intense matches with them. Doubles were particularly intense. Uh, Alex, Kenny, what, what was it like from your perspective? I think Gooch and I got off to a st- standard start. Uh, we had opportunities to break in most games and we were holding fairly easily. We sort of broke through in the latter half of the match, but uh, I was happy with everyone's intensity uh, in doubles, at least. And I mean, we were outmatched in the singles portion, but um, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a fun match. I thought Gooch and I played really well. I thought Forrester and Nikesh played really well. So, Gooch, I'm curious. You mentioned you know in high school it was not you didn't play on a high school team. It was all individual. So, how have you adjusted to also playing doubles? Had had you had much doubles experience coming into college? Yeah, so I, I I sort of had a committed doubles partner that I'd played with for a while, so I was kind of used to that, but even that, just playing with a different person felt really different and kind of strange at first because I'd sort of fallen into the routine of doing the same patterns and strategies and, you know, being used to playing with someone with the same amount of energy and the same playing style, so it felt pretty weird at first, but like Kenny said before, it feels like a really seamless tra- um, transition and we've been playing really well. And Alex, Kenny, um. How is the styles between you and, and Gooch in terms of contrasting or similar, perhaps? Well, he's a lefty, which uh, actually makes it a lot more fun. He's playing the deuce, so we both have four hands in the middle. Um, we both have pretty effective serves uh, in doubles. And so, I mean, I just overall, it's been a lot of fun. I think Gooch is a monster at the net. Uh, he really goes out and attacks balls, so... It's been a great experience. I've like even before I when I wasn't playing with Gooch, just um, prior to the season starting, I sort of knew that he was one of the guys I'd want to play with the most. So I'm super happy that he and I are partners. And then Gooch, uh, when you were looking at colleges, what made Bates the place for you? Well, the one thing for me is that first off, I'm from California. So when I was looking at colleges, I thought, hey, I really want to try something different. I can always come back to California. But the other thing is I, when I did my athletic visit, when I really talked, when I talked to our coach, I just really liked him. I really liked the way that he was talking about how he coaches us and how he focuses not only on just getting the wins, but, you know, the process behind it and how to improve as a player and how to, you know, grow and really help your team. 
So I think the combination of the coach plus the overall school made me want to come here. And then Alex, I'm curious now as a senior, I believe one more match here in the regular season, right? I mean, it's a short season. Uh, I mean, what are your thoughts going into this weekend? A little bit crazy that it's uh, could be our last match. It's unclear with NCAAs this year how that whole process works, but um, it's also against Colby. Uh, obviously, it would be a great match to win, to end on. In the past, we've uh, competed well against them. They've been improving a lot in, over the past couple years, so it'll be a grind, but I'm really looking forward to it. And, I mean, I really love this group of guys. They compete with a lot of intensity and heart, and I think we'll go out there, give it our best, and hopefully walk away with a W. And, and Gooch, what are you looking to work on, like, um, you know, this upcoming week and uh, going towards the future, things you're looking to improve on as you build your career here at Bates, perhaps? I think the thing for me primarily is just that I'm not used to being on a team. So sometimes I fall back into the ruts of just sort of being in my own head and just focusing on playing myself when I really should be, you know, focusing myself, but also cheering on my team. So that's something I can definitely improve on. And, and Alex Kennedy, that seems like a, a common theme coming into college, right? A lot of tennis players, you know, being on a team is a new experience. Was it for you back in the day when you were first year also? Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, I mean, guys like Ben Rosen back when I was a freshman were super helpful. Um, and I also thought the guys in the grade above me uh, left a great impact on the team and sort of, uh, I, guess, I guess, just easing uh, people younger than them into college tennis and sort of the environment. Um, and that's what I've been trying to do with the freshmen and even the sophomores, because the sophomores are a really talented group of guys, uh, but they hadn't played any NESCAG matches until this year. And I think they've done an awesome job. And I think next year they'll be great leaders of the team. Great. And then, you know, thoughts on the weekend you guys wanted to share. Good. We can start with you. Yeah. I feel like um, the big thing for us is we have the potential to be any team. So if we really come out here and we really fight and really put our hearts into it, I believe we can come out here with the W and, you know, I believe in all of our guys and I know we all have the talent. So it's really in my eyes, just about competing and putting in our hearts because it's our last match and just playing every point. Great. Alex, how about for you? Any final thoughts on the season so far and, and the match coming up here? I think for this last match, the main thing is just staying mentally strong. You win or you lose one point. It's not the end of the world. Uh, bounce back regardless. and. I mean, just keep fighting. Even if you're losing, there's, you know, there's always a shot of winning. So that's sort of how our team works. You know, it's not over till it's over. So you have to keep grinding. The men's golf team competed at NESCACs on Sunday, placing a pair of Bobcats in the top 20 after the first round of play. First year, John Kawakami paced the Bobcats, recording birdies on the 10th and 18th holes to finish with a 78, tied for 15th out of 43 golfers in the field. Talking some Bates men's golf here on the Bobcast with first year John Kawakami recapping the NESCAC event number one. And John, first, before we start talking about the tournament, tell me a little bit about yourself in terms of growing up, when you started playing golf, how you developed a passion for the sport. Yeah, so growing up, I kind of played like multiple sports. I played baseball, volleyball, and was a pole vaulter. And uh, my dad kind of would play with us on the weekends. And I didn't really get serious until about high school. I started competing more, playing for my high school team, and kind of just fell in love with it, and uh, have been loving it ever since. Great. And how did Bates first get on your radar? I know you grew up in New York State, right? Yep. Yeah. So I was interested in a lot of small liberal arts schools, 
and uh, Bates definitely fit the picture. I started talking with uh, Coach Fall and um, really just fell in love with the school and like love the team. So it's great. And then, um, you know, speaking of the team, you're part of a pretty big first year class, right? What's that group like? Yeah, our first year class is awesome. We have really a lot of a lot of good players in it. I'm really excited for kind of what the future holds as well as uh, hopefully playing well with the guys this uh, upcoming final round for the NESCACs. But it's been awesome. Really good team chemistry has been great. And I uh, love playing with them. And, you know, for golf is, you know, on the surface, an individual sport. So how do you make it more of a team sport kind of with this group? Um, we definitely will have fun, like practice rounds will make it kind of more competitive with certain will play fun matches kind of one-on-one and little team camaraderie that way. And although it is individual, a lot of it matters on kind of how the team gels together and playing well. And we'll have a lot of team dinners, team bonding that way. And we'd, we've been great. So it's awesome. Well, tell me a little bit about the course you played there on, uh, I believe it was Sunday. Yes. At Legends Golf Club. Had you ever played there before? What was it like? That was uh, our first time for everyone, all of the five guys we took down. So it was definitely fun. It was interesting. We kind of game planned and researched a little bit before the rounds and talked about it on the bus ride down there, which was helpful. And yeah, it was it was a fun course. A lot of tight holes, a lot of interesting holes, which is uh, definitely fun to play for the first time. And hopefully we can play well in the final round, too. Well, how was it for you personally to finish the round with a birdie there on 18, right? Yeah, that was awesome. I was really happy with that. Um, it was a good way to kind of cap off the round after I really didn't get off to the best front nine, but I kind of just hung tough. I stayed patient, told myself there's a lot of golf to play, and I really wanted the birdie 18. I was able to do that. It's really awesome. And then, uh, yeah, you mentioned the front nine. How do you, from a mental standpoint, what do you tell yourself, you know, if you have a bad hole, how do you bounce back and everything? Yeah, so on holes three, four, and five, I didn't play that well. I made a couple couple mistakes, and I kind of just took a deep breath and was like, all right, you know, there's a lot of golf to play. Stay patient. You know, a couple bad holes isn't going to hurt me too badly, and I was able to kind of dig deep and have a really good back nine, which uh, helped my score. What do you say lessons learned from that round entering – NESCAC part two coming up, right? I mean, because you would think the scores would be lower, but maybe, I mean, golf is a weird sport like that. It, it may not matter at all, perhaps. What, what do you think you learned? Yeah, I definitely learned a lot being, you know, first conference championship uh, played in. And I learned really just to stay patient and kind of trust my game and how I'm playing. And uh, I definitely think I did that towards the end of the round, which I'm really happy for. And I also come, I'm really excited to play in the final rounds come Sunday. And I think I could hopefully play well. And I think the team can do really, really well as well. Excellent. And so your home course here at Bates uh, in, in Auburn is Martindale country club. Tell me a little bit about the experience of playing there. I know uh, it is somewhat hilly, I believe, or uh, what, what are some of your experiences playing in, in that course? Yeah, I love Martindale. It's a great, great home course for us. Um, it's really nice and pretty, a lot of cool backdrops, which is nice to kind of get out and see some nature after class while playing golf, but it's definitely there's some fun holes in Martindale, which I really love playing. I know number nine, the nice part, long part three, which is a tough hole, but it's really very scenic up there, which is always nice to have after a long day of classes. Terrific. What have you been learning from maybe your teammates or from Coach Fall about, um, you know, what it takes to succeed at the college level? Yeah, we've learned, I've learned a lot from our senior captain as well, Preston, on and off the golf course. He's been a really great leader, just kind of about how to manage ourselves on the course and, 
hitting different shots and our practice schedules, as well as learning from just talking about classes and different things of how to succeed in college and in life as well. And Coach Fall has been really awesome. He's uh, helped a lot with our swings and he knows so much about the game, which is really a huge asset to have. Yeah, what do you, I mean, compared to when you were playing in high school, what changes, what has changes have you noticed this your first year of college? Obviously not a typical first year of college, but still I'm sure, uh, <laughs> you know, some tournaments and everything, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely the level plays a lot better just at the college level. And even this past weekend, the guys in my group I played with were super nice guys who were really great to play with and they're really solid players. And I think I've learned a lot from just playing with uh, more matured, good golfers. And I think it's kind of helped me plays a lot better as well as I know the other guys on the team probably can stay the same. When you go into a tournament, do you have a goal in terms of a score? You, I mean, obviously everyone wants to go low as they can, but there's something like this score would make me satisfied. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, using my goal is to try to shoot 75 or better. If I'm in the seventies, I'm usually pretty happy with that, but I've also been pretty good at staying as present in the moment as I can, where I think I, kind of got ahead of myself maybe on those three holes this past weekend and I was able to kind of reset and I think just I'm almost taking the score out of play out of my mind and just say this one shot's the one that counts let's go make this as good as we can and I think that um hopefully I can do that this next upcoming weekend and I'm sure the guys can do that as well here's a typical pandemic question that I hope I never have to ask in the future but playing golf with a mask what's that experience like yeah, uh, it's different. It's definitely different. Um, I mean, I think we've all kind of gotten used to it, at least from the pandemic, uh, wearing masks really all the time, anywhere we have to go. So, I mean, it's just kind of something we have to deal with. And I mean, it's been fine. I was talking to Alex Voigt Shelley, a uh, women's golfer first year, and she mentioned the, the simulator in Merrill has been really helpful. How's it been for you to use that? Yeah, that's been awesome. Even when uh, maybe we haven't had the best weather or the course has been closed able to go into the simulator room, hit putts, kind of work on our game, and we can see a lot of the flight and uh, a lot of like the ball speed numbers that is super useful to help fix problems we have in our swings or just keep working on to get better. Great. Do you have any long-term goals for yourself and for the team? Um, yeah, I think I want to hopefully contribute as best I can for Bates. And I think as with the young uh, squad we have now, I'm sure – Personally, I want to try to go win a NESCAC championship with the guys. And I think we all kind of have that same goal. And I'm really excited for what the future has. And hopefully this weekend we can all bounce back and really play well. Sounds good. John Kawakami, first year on the men's golf team. Low score for the Bobcats over the weekend there at the NESCAC. Event number one, as they're calling it. Event number two coming up. Thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcats. Really appreciate it. Thank you. The rowing teams compete on the Malden River against Colby and host Tufts on Saturday with the men sweeping the mules but dropping a pair of races to the Jumbos. The women won all four of their races, with the first varsity eight remaining undefeated on the young season. We caught up with first varsity eight senior captain Sailor Strugar, who rose in the bow position for Bates. Sailor, for those who don't know, what makes the bow position kind of unique or different uh, in terms of the spots in the boat? So the bow position for, for rowing is a little bit more of a technical position. Um, it has a lot of influence on the the set of the boat and the balance because you know we're in this boat that's only about a foot and a half wide um, going through the the water at high speeds and and so it has a lot of um, influence on that and uh, 
it's also a really neat position in that you can see everything that's happening in front of you in the boat. So, you know, in rowing, we're all facing backwards and and it's really cool to be able to to see each of your teammates, um, you know, know that they're pulling as hard as you are and and just kind of get more of a, a feel for for what the boat feels like and, and how it moves through the water. Great. Is this a position you wrote in uh, when you were in high school or was this new for you at Bates? You know, in high school, I actually um, was more in in sculling boats, which are uh, one and two person boats. And so I didn't have quite as much experience with these eights. Um, so it was interesting to to come in to Bates and kind of be put right in that position. And it's kind of been my home for four years, which I, I love because I I feel like I am so comfortable in that position and and I know what I'm there to do. <laughs> Right, right. I was going to ask you, you're from uh, Colorado, from Boulder. So how did Bates get on your radar for schools? Yeah, so I, you know, have grown up coming every summer out to New England and I love it. And I love the, you know, the atmosphere here and the people and all that. And, and so I always really knew that I wanted to come out east, but Bates just, you know, kept popping up. I'd never heard of it until I started my college search. And then you know, it came up again and again. And I was like, wow, I should really check this place out. And then, uh, you know, I visited my junior year of high school and just fell in love with just the feel of Bates and the community and the rowing team and everything. So you were, and you were looking to row obviously in college from, from, from the very beginning. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. From my high school, I, um, I was on the rowing program all four years of high school. And so I, I knew it was something that I loved and that I wanted to continue. And I was just so lucky to find such an incredible team um, with the community and, and, you know, it's kind of become my family. <laughs> what was it like coming in as a first year to a program that had already established itself kind of as a powerhouse? Oh, it was definitely intimidating. Um, and I, you know, I went from my, my small team in Colorado um, to this you know, big team of, of really fast, impressive, you know, amazing people. And at first I was kind of starstruck, um, but it's, it's really, it didn't take long to figure out that, you know, we're all here because we love the sport and we love each other. And, you know, it's really not a hard place to fit into <laughs> when you just know that it's all about um, caring for your teammates. And then in 2019, as a sophomore, you got the chance to row with the second varsity in the bow position at NCAA's. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that experience. That was just a, a crazy experience to kind of get to take D3 rowing as, as far as it can go um, and see really what's out there. And, and it was also really incredible to be at this NCAA championship where D1, D2, and D3 teams all competed at the same place. I think rowing is the only sport where that happens. And so it's really cool to be competing, not against, but alongside these, you know, D1 programs where that's where they draw from for Olympic athletes and all that. And it's just a really neat experience and not like anything else that I've ever done. How much of a chance did you get to watch the D1 races and what were your thoughts on, you know, observing kind of what they do? Well, it's kind of funny. I, uh, I know not many people We'll do this, but one of my friends and I on the team, um, we kind of follow D1 racing all throughout the season. And so, you know, every time we're on the bus on the way home from a race, we're looking at all the D1 results from that day. And so um, I really paid attention <laughs> to them, but it was just, you know, cool to see how, you know, what they're doing is really not that much different than what we're doing. And it's just, you know, we're all out there because we love the sport. 
Yeah, so you're kind of like a, a, a rowing, I mean, not only a rower, but also a fan kind of in general of the sport, right? What what prompts that, I suppose? Because some people, you'll, they'll participate in this sport, but when they're done, they don't want to watch anyone else do anything. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely just, you know, curiosity and something to, to focus on. And, you know, I know so well how the sport operates from my own experience that it's cool to see, you know, oh, we're the D1 races this week. Was there anything surprising? Are there teams that we didn't think would, you know, win that did? And, you know, it's kind of the same thing that I do with the D3 schools, just, you know, adds, adds even more. <laughs> Great. And then in 2019, in the fall, you moved up to the first varsity eight for the head of Charles. How's the head of Charles compared to NCAA? It's both, they're both big events, but different, right? Very different. Oh, so, so different. But then also there are so many similarities. Um, it's, it's different because instead of NCAAs, which is a head-to-head sprint race. It's a, a longer um, race. It's five kilometers and it's uh, called a head race. So boats go off at 10 second intervals and it's very different because you're kind of more alone on the course and it's a lot more of a, you know, endurance, just push through it, internal motivation type thing, because, you know, you don't have that boat beside you where you, you can see exactly where you are in comparison to them. And so it's really racing the clock and seeing, wow, how much can we squeeze out of like this stretch of water? Um, And so, you know, within the boat, when you're actually racing, you're not thinking about much except that next stroke. Um, So, so it's not that different. It's kind of just more of a little bit of different strategy with how to approach it and, you know, how much we have to pace ourselves throughout the race. And Heather Charles is known as like a chance for the coxswains to really shine. You're at the all the way opposite end of the boat, though, from the coxswain. How much communication is there between, I mean, you? that must be a little bit tricky. How does that work from your perspective in terms of interacting with the coxswain, considering the coxswain is so far down the boat from you? It's a little bit trickier. So there's, there's speakers throughout the boat, so I can hear everything they're saying. Um, <laughs> they can't really hear everything I'm saying, but, you know, between pieces, a lot of times at practice, especially, um, you know, they'll do a, a little check-in and say, like, how do things feel? And I have a pretty good sense of, like, you know, how the boat felt from the other end, which sometimes is different between what you feel in the in the stern where the coxswain's sitting and what I'm feeling up in bow. And so, you know, it's a, a good chance to check in between to make sure that she's not feeling something I'm not or vice versa. And sometimes things happen. Like I remember in the 2B race at NCAAs, uh, one of the foot stretchers uh, broke and they had to stop the race. Uh, what was your perspective on that? I mean, it wasn't your foot stretcher, but you were in that boat, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was it was a definitely a, a weird situation where I had no idea why we were stopping or why what had happened. Um, and it's just kind of one of those moments where it's just, it has to be complete trust because, you know, there's nothing during the race that makes me want to stop going, but I, I trusted that she must know something I don't, and she is going to do what's best for us. And, you know, that was especially a, a cool experience because there's a certain point in the race where, um, past that point, you can't stop for equipment breakage. And we were, I think you know, 10 meters from that line. And so, you know, it was that complete trust that we all stopped rowing when she said, even though we didn't know what was going on. Um, and yeah, all of all of it is just trust. <laughs> Certainly. Now, obviously there's been 
uh, quite the long layoff for the rowing program, maybe longer than any other sport here because um, all of uh, the spring of 2020, unfortunately, was was wiped out. And so how did you proceed? What was your approach to, um, you know, finally, you know, waiting and waiting and waiting and finally getting back on the water this spring? It's been absolutely incredible. Um, you know, it's something where we really thought that we might not get on the water this spring, let alone race. Hmm. Um, Cause in the fall, you know, it was, it was mostly, we were out in smaller boats. They didn't have um, the eights going out really until the very end. Um, and so just to have that experience that we thought we might never have again, it's just every single day is such a gift. And, you know, we're, we're taking it one day at a time and enjoying every stroke on the water. And for you, the, the fall must've been a return to your roots a little bit, right? Only in the smaller boats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was definitely, uh, it was definitely fun to be able to go out um, like that. And also to see all my teammates getting a little more experience with that. Cause you know, it's, it's such a, a different feeling when you're alone in the boat or just have one other person. Um, and it's a lot more, you know, you can, feel the technical changes that you're making a lot more um, accurately, which is kind of cool that, you know, when something all of a sudden is feeling better, you're like, wow, that was me like alone making that change. And I could notice a difference, which is cool. Great. Well, let's talk about this past weekend um, and on the Molden River, which the team is becoming very familiar with, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. um, competing against uh, Colby and Tufts. Um, Obviously, the one v one, it's races as is the two v. But tell me a little bit about um, how the races came together from your perspective. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, just again so nice to get back to racing, uh, to remember, you know, what that that rush and what it feels like. And uh, it was nice too to have Colby there. You know, our our friends up in Maine, and you know, we hadn't gotten a chance to race them yet. And so, um, I think that that this race compared to last week's race really showed us how much can change in a week. Um, you know, our, our races felt together, cohesive, and, you know, we were, we were moving really well together and, you know, comfortable in, in our power and in what we were doing there. And so it was, it was fun to, to, to race Tufts again. Um, they kind of jumped out early um and got a little bit ahead but then we you know trusted the process and came back and and won the race which was it's always neat to see our technique and our strategy working in practice so and the class of 2021 i mean you're a senior now but a lot of you as sophomores were in you know one of the top two boats what's this group like in general we're all really i think just so passionate about the sport and and you know willing to give all that we have for this team uh and i think that that you know the the younger classes are are following in that those footsteps beautifully and that you know they they know that what matters is is caring about the team wanting to make every boat you're in go that much faster um and i think that you know we we're a really close group and we're going to miss each other so much next year just especially you know after these four years and how much we've gone through together. As one of the captains, what are some of your responsibilities, extra responsibilities perhaps, or what's it like being a captain? You know, it's it's a really neat opportunity to kind of um, see a little bit of a, a different side of the team in that, you know, we're part of the communication between the coaches and the athletes and, you know, trying to, to bridge that gap and also trying to, 
you know, check in on on everyone, make sure everyone is is getting everything they can out of the sport and um, everything they can out of, you know, being with each other. Uh, you know, there's there's some fun responsibilities like, you know, organizing the the gear orders and stuff, which is stuff that I haven't really done before before this experience, which is fun to, you know, get those little new tasks. But really, it's just, you know, how can we do to to help the team and, you know, make it the place that we love and have that continue past when we are gone. I'm sure it's kind of a, you know, a challenge because first years and even sophomores, this is their first season basically here in the spring. So how have you, how have you seen them adjust to college? How have you tried to help them? Yeah, it's definitely um, been such a, a tough year to be in your, your first or second year, just because the environment on campus is so different. And so I think it's just, you know, it's hard because of all the social distancing to, to, you know, see each other and have those long nights in commons that we all used to have and, and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it's having lunch outside together and, you know, talking at practice, talking after practice and, you know, just trying to make it so that anyone can feel comfortable coming to me or any of the other captains with any problem and you know rowing related or not because we're we're a support network on and off the water and then academically you're a biochemistry major i believe um yeah. tell, me, tell me a little bit about that track and what prompted you to become a biochemistry major yeah i uh, i really came into college not knowing what i wanted to do um and the biochemistry major specifically my you know sophomore uh, bio and chemistry classes really kind of made me realize how great of a department it is. You know, I, I got really close with the people in like my peers and classmates in the major. And then the professors are just absolutely incredible. Cannot speak highly enough of them. And they really fostered my, my interest in the topics. And I really was drawn to also how, you know, it's kind of like a, a major where everything's a puzzle and you're trying to figure out how it works um, in like living systems and everything is related to everything else. And I feel like you realize that in uh, chemistry and biochemistry because just everything everything is connected. But really it was the, the mentorship that I found from my professors and the community I found in my peers. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share about the, you know, the past weekend's, uh, um, you know, races and what you're most looking forward to for the rest of the schedule? I'm definitely looking forward to just, again, every single day that we get to go on the water, you know, whether it's windy and cold or, you know, sunny and flat water, just enjoying every stroke out there with, with my teammates. And, you know, it almost doesn't matter if it's on a race course or on the Androscoggin River, because it's just, you know, we're in a boat, we're rowing, we're with our friends and our teammates and, and yeah. Sailor Strugar, senior captain and rose in the bow position for the first varsity eight for the women's rowing team. Thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. In other action this weekend, the baseball team dropped a pair of games at Tufts and the softball team split a doubleheader at Colby, winning game one, six to four in eight innings and dropping the second game four to three in 10 innings. Then the Bobcats hosted Tufts for a doubleheader on Sunday staging a wild comeback in game two before the Jumbos were able to pull away for the sweep. Both teams will get chances to bounce back this weekend as the baseball team takes on Colby and the softball team has doubleheaders with Bowden and Trinity. 
All the spring sports are in action again this weekend, and we'll recap it all next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates.